Good morning, good afternoon. You know how it is. Good evening. Welcome back to the show. It's been a minute. It's been a hot minute. I'm not gonna lie, but um, we're finally here. We're finally back. We had some. I'm gonna call it logistic problems in getting the equipment to Isol because of the lockdown. But here we are finally doing a new episode of the podcast, and I am so glad that I'm gonna be talking to this person today. He is an assistant professor at the University of Mizoram here. A thought leader in many respects for the youth, influential person, TV personality, and a very close friend of mine. Please welcome Doctor Moya. I think this is actually the first podcast that I am recording, so I'm glad that it's you and not someone else. Yeah, I mean, I've I've done programs, I've done a resource person things, and I've done. Um, social media lives, but I think a recorded podcast is the first time that I'm doing. So, well, there's a first for everything. So, yeah, 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 first for everything. All right, I just want to get right into um, the topic that we spoke about offline as well, which is cancel culture. Yeah, yeah, sure, so, sure. to give our listeners um, a background context, it's about um, a YouTuber, a Mizo YouTuber, uh, who mm. made uh, uh, some, you know harsh comments um expressed his opinions uh i think it was on instagram live where he said that women should not be uh pastors in the church and should not take up the responsibility of um you know pastors because of um i think menstruation and stuff like that you know he 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 gave really strong opinions and then the yeah yeah, and the risk of getting raped as well i think yeah fear of getting raped and all that Mm -hmm. stuff which um, which are really harsh. And then the, the clip went viral um, on WhatsApp, a, a small clip from that whole conversation. And yeah. um, one of our friends also, and many people um, reacted to and responded to the clip, um, giving their opinion. And a, a lot of people even wanted his show, uh, which was on YouTube, um, to be not, not to be canceled per se, but people to unsubscribe, un- mm-hmm. unfollow because he propagated um, and supported those kind of vicious um, opinions. Uh, yeah. And so there was like a lot of back and forth on Instagram, right? As to, um, oh, don't cancel him just because he expressed his opinion. He already mm-hmm. apologized and we should not welcome quote unquote cancel culture into Mizo society. What is your take on all of that? Um, yeah, I, you know me, I, I'm someone who really supports uh, the freedom of someone to express their opinions, even if that opinion might not be popular or whether it might not be even something that's main uh, accepted in the mainstream culture. So I would say, first of all, that I would support anyone's right to speak what's on their mind because we've often heard mm-hmm. that um saying negative things or things like hate speech and all this should be banned. But um, we should know that if we are going to introduce new ideas, or let's say if we are going to give forth some um, new way of thinking, I think um, somebody said this, I forgot who it was. We should have the, um, the right to make people uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. Only after we are made uncomfortable, then we 
get to you know uh, think in a new light. Right. And yeah, I think it was Jordan Peterson. Yeah, in his interview with that Probably. British, um, yeah, that British um, uh, journalist lady. Um, okay. She was oh, yeah. willing to put him, make him uncomfortable. So um, because she wanted interview. to look for the truth. Yeah, that famous interview. Yeah, the famous one. And I pretty much um, agree with that because um, we cannot just only you know, talk about or mention things or discuss things that we are comfortable with. We should be But put... Do you, do you think, um, I mean, yeah. there is room for the subject, right? I'm, I just want to play the devil's advocate, you know, in trying to mm-hmm. um, pick your brain about this. Like, do you think, um, I mean, he has free speech, right? The guy who gave his opinion, he did have the freedom to, to yeah, express yeah. himself. Does, yeah. Was it a problem, let's say, mm-hmm. with the way he said it? Well, you know, maybe it's because it was really unpolished, unvarnished uh, sentence. And... Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I was actually getting to that. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, like I said, I support anyone's um, right to speak what's on their mind. However, um, if we speak our mind in the public domain, then we should also be aware of the fact that there are going to be people who disagree with us mm-hmm. and there is going to be, you know, if it's something controversial, there is going to be a backlash. And right. I've always said this, there are these um, celebrities, even these miso celebrities who only want to get um, acceptance and support from people. But at the same time, you know, um, when they get criticism, they, Yeah. complain and said that we should not be tearing each other down and so on i think i think that you, the, yeah the, the, the bad comes with the good that is actually right that's what i'm getting yeah. to you know and so, when you're in the public you, um in front of the public i think uh the public would definitely nitpick more yeah, so right, than right. someone who's like let's right. say a very uh, a very obscure neighbor of mine right they would not come in nitpick my neighbor's opinions because they don't even know but since they are mm-hmm. in the in the limelight and in the public um mm-hmm. you know eye they they would definitely have th- those criticisms as well as um laurels and flowers right yeah yeah and if i think if somebody does not want any criticism then they should do nothing be nothing say nothing you know that's <laughs> the only way to be actually free of criticism but We're living in no, a society. Like, even now, yeah. nowadays, even a rock, which is like on the side of, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, gets right, criticized. Right. You know, every gets, everything gets, gets criticized. <laughs> And I think we should, you know, I'm not saying we should get used to it, but we should accept that, you know, we are going to be criticized, and we should be able to look at that in a constructive way. And if we say something, do something, if we're going to make change in the society, or as I said before, if we're going to introduce some new way of thinking, then there is obviously going to be a, a pushback from, you know, other people. And I think that is that back and forth has to happen. And then from that back and forth, you know, one person will um, say something, the other person will react, then both of them will um, look back at their their opinions and their thinking and then if needed they'll um you know uh, re- restructure their thinking in some ways or mm-hmm. maybe i have a new way of thinking or come up with a better argument or a better point of view you know so right. only from there then i think that we can actually come to a place where we are civilized or um what's the word you know 
we are actually um, evolved. Because mm-hmm. even that guy, that YouTuber guy, he was very, very blunt about it, which is... Very blunt, um, yeah. Yeah, that was um, most... I think some of the things he said was very uncalled for. Um, so he needs to be refined. So all the backlash he received, uh, fine. Hopefully they will help him refine the way he says things, the way he... But the words you know- he uses... Yeah. He is a YouTuber, and I, I do agree with you that he has to refine his communication, mm-hmm. you know. But mm-hmm. um, in light of that whole um, controversy and scandal, I don't know if it's a scandal, but the whole controversy. It's a scandal? Uh, for I think me, it's a bit of a scandal. <laughs> scandalous. Mm-hmm. For me, um, I don't know, the philosopher in me was asking so many questions out of that out of that controversy like first of all um there are so i think there are so many people like him who share those opinions as um Mm -hmm. sexist misogynist as it might be a lot of people Mm -hmm. share those opinions uh that he um even women women, right and that uh, and i was like why do they have those opinions was it ingrained in their um you know, church uh, teachings as kids and so on. I, I don't know. And the question two, uh, number two that I had was why? Um, okay, he said so many things, but why um, does the church, and I was, talk- I was thinking about the Presbyterian church in particular, um, does not have till today female pastors. So uh, beyond the controversy, should we really think about why? Why, you know, why is it still this, the situation, right? Mm-hmm. So- I was thinking about that, and I know that his the way he um, he said it was again really just all over the place and really harsh. Yeah, yeah. But there were a lot of takeaways for me for from he, that conversation. He might, have, he might have had a point. Is yeah, yeah. I Not, mean, he, he might have had a point, but the the issue that he brought up was mm-hmm. brought up was something that we needed to discuss. Right. We, we really are our society. Can we really mm. discuss, you know, are we ready to ready to discuss the fact that we don't really have women pastors right now? And why don't we have women pastors? You not know, even like, church elders, I believe. Um, not even church elders in the Presbyterian church, church, which is like the biggest church in our society. Right. Mm. So um, out of that whole mess, <laughs> I think there were a lot of questions that we have to really mm. ask ourselves. You know, uh, and I really yeah. don't agree with what he said, to be honest, like personally speaking, it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense whatsoever. Like um, the, the rape uh, argument that yeah, they like, gave. Right. Who, I mean, yeah, yeah. there are so many and it's not just that women are being raped. Men get raped. You know, rapists yeah. don't care mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, number one and number two um, there are so many female pastors in other churches female there are nuns missionaries like government servants like people who are in remote areas as well so i don't know if they yeah they don't necessarily get raped exactly because, yeah and why would he even bring up that point you know like it was i think he was trying to be uh, provocative i guess i don't know or i don't know i think uh, he no maybe... i think he, he he meant well i think he really meant well i think he was trying to be like the the savior for women is in the sense that uh they need women need yeah. to be protected and you know nurtured and cuddled no we don't want them to go yeah, out yeah. in the field i i think it was from mm-hmm. that context that he kind of defended uh, the yeah, you know probably, the, yeah. the plight of women but it, it went haywire again because of, I think, communication. But there mm. were so many good take, I mean, key takeaways from that scandal for me. And speaking of the church, 
let's <laughs> i think this is a good segue let's move on to yeah. your poll on instagram where you asked uh your friends and followers um I don't know the exact If verbatim. Atheism but... should be given a place for discussion in the Mizo society. Atheism should be given I, a place for discussion I, in the Mizo society. Yeah. Should it be given a place? Should it be given? Yeah, for discussion. Yeah, so it's not even a place. Will... It's a place for discussion. Take That it away. That question actually came to my mind because uh, Victor the Scavenger, uh, mm-hmm. I think we all know him. He was actually going to have two guests on his show. One was an one is an atheist. One is a, a preacher. Uh, I won't say a preacher, but he um, he gives sermons online. And I've heard, I've listened to one of his sermons, which is quite good. It okay. actually came out right after that issue uh, that we were previously talking about, mm-hmm. and he had he had very very good points about uh, women in. Uh, the mission and women in the church, and you know how uh, Jesus actually um, considered gave women very very important roles and all of that. If it weren't for yeah. a woman, Jesus wouldn't have been born. You know, so yeah, yeah quite yeah. important, and, I would yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, I know. And even when you know um, when Jesus rose again, uh, the first people who saw him were actually the the women who followed Jesus, not the men. So. If you look at those little little things, you can find that they are actually quite important in the mission of Jesus. So mm. I, yeah, I think we're getting sidetracked a bit. So got nothing new. Like should, yeah, they're going to be saying things that are considered controversial by the by many people in the society. Mm-hmm. So I actually had a thought: like, do we think that you know uh, should we discuss about atheism? Because some people. Actually, would believe that you know. Let's not talk about this at all. Let's not even bring it up, mm-hmm. and let's just you know, just, just let's just ignore it. Right. And so maybe maybe it'll go away. You know, maybe I maybe think... some people have that kind of thinking. No, they so they do what... they do, and um, yeah, yeah. uh, it's it's kind of sad, but at the same time, looking at the way our society is, you know, the way how orthodox the church is, um, how conservative, um, really conservative, um some parts of our uh, so- social institutions are, you know, I think atheism is yeah, yeah. Uh, for a long time, maybe till now, a taboo topic. Um, and a lot of people, um, you know, think that atheism equals um, Satanism, right? Uh, the devil worship mm-hmm. and so yeah. on. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. they equated with that wrongly. Um, well, um, and and so that's um, why it's probably a taboo yeah. to- topic. Mm-hmm. I think on the point of view of a believer and a member of the church, I think it is like you know um, Satanism. I, I would say that mm-hmm. from the point of view of the church and a member of the church and someone who uh, is a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's actually a discussion for another um, issue altogether. So yeah. I wanted to see, yeah, what. People thought so. Actually, I was surprised at how many people said that we should give a place for discussion about atheism. Well, and yeah, it's about. Yeah, I, I have this little. <laughs> yeah, I have this little. You know, um, nasty habit of looking at the people who answered how. <laughs> no, it's not nasty. Um, it's research. <laughs> I guess eighty plus people uh, replied, out of which eleven replies were for no, 
the rest were for yes. What yeah, I find so. really intriguing is that um, I watch a lot of debates, especially atheism versus religion debates. And uh, it's always done by, you know, not always, but most of the times it's these Christian universities in the U.S. that actually, mm-hmm. and Christian um, organizations actually promote those conversations. And, you know, I think it's about time Mizo uh, society it's a also, one-sided yeah, welcome yeah. such, you know, discussions. It might actually strengthen people's faith you never know because it does that for a lot of people and for the atheists it might actually or for you know secularists whoever right i think it's Mm. a good um avenue for people to bring new ideas into our society we can just accept and you know reject what we don't like and what we like but i think we should give room for these discussions it's again i believe that discussions about you know, any topic, even if we think it's controversial, I think those are the ones that we actually need to talk about, you know. Um, let's say, for for example, in our society, that um, what topics would that be like? Atheism is one, and I guess homosexuality as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, what other topics can we have that we consider taboo in our society? You know, we need to talk about those because... Yeah, um, even the first the first point that we mentioned, why don't we have female pastors? I think that's yeah, a yeah, right, right, right. Topic. We should talk about those things. Um, I want to ask you a question since you, uh, you know, since yeah, you sure, are sure. a teacher, um, what do you think about yeah. our own universities and colleges promoting these type of um debates or discussions about atheism, about these uh taboo topics, and versus the recent trend of. I call them popularity contest on Instagram where their contestants want to get likes and accumulate a lot of likes for uh, their pictures. You mean so, like the, yeah, the beauty pageants and all. Exactly. So instead of that, I was thinking of maybe sharpening our minds uh, with these kind of debates. You know, what do you think about all these going on right now in academia in Missouri? I think there we have a lot of... Um, yeah, mentally stimulating um, events as well, but I don't think those get a lot of press because you have an intellectual debate on the other and then you have a couple of good-looking people on the other, so which will get more views on social media, you know, which will get more exposure. We have had those uh, quizzes as well, I think, on um, the local channels like LPS and Zonet. Mm-hmm. But again, I think it's which events get more exposure. I think that is the issue here. So I think it's a matter of what the, the, the consumers, I would say the consumers because it's on social media, mm-hmm. what the consumers actually want to see and what they want to listen to and what they want to pay attention to. These are the ones that actually get more exposure. So I think that leads to their being a bias in what we see. Beauty because, pageants, um, right? I was thinking yeah, like yeah, universities should actually drive what consumers would want. I, I thought they, they would be thought leaders, you know, in the sense that they would educate us to actually uh, want something else rather than beauty pageants, which we have so many of those, so many of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of weird to me that yeah, it's promoted yeah. on social media openly. Uh, the others, again, they are promoted as well, but I just, I don't think they just, they don't get traffic. I think that's the thing. They don't yeah. also really call for audience participation as well. You know, like, let's say there's going to be a debate, maybe, maybe. a debate competition, not yeah. a competition per se, like uh, a college or university. What I'm, I'm thinking of is like a college or university. Um, 
calling on or inviting guests like speakers, right? Two speakers maybe to debate on certain topics. Yeah, yeah. And then students and people like us who are interested can actually watch those and stuff. I don't think we really have those, you know, done by colleges. Um, yeah, I don't think they have them at, at the college level, but while I was working at the, at, at the, at, at the college, mm-hmm. at the college uh, EUG level, each department had to organize some events, you know, um, mm-hmm. for the students in their departments. Like, for mm-hmm. example, we would invite clinical psychologists or a representative from the child protection committee. Mm-hmm. We would invite them to have a talk at least uh, one, uh, twice, once or twice each semester. We have to have these events. So it's actually done at the departmental level. Those would, I think those will be posted on the college Instagram pages, but they might not be shown at the uh, local channels because they're at such a grassroots level. If the colleges or the departments have like a YouTube channel, right? They can maybe organize programs like that um, in such a way that it can be broadcast to the to the public yeah, that, as well. That, that, that would be, yeah, that would be, a, I think, a, a good initiative if, if it could be taken, you know? And on top of that, I think it it can really be motivational for students as well to to want to have knowledge about many things because they know that it's going to be um, right. out, you know, right. and people are going to really right. judge them or rather listen to their opinions as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe discussions, debates. I think we really, you know, I I wish the colleges would do this, you know, the universities. I want, I'm waiting for that because I see other people in other countries doing it. I'm like, why can't we do it? Why do we just stick yeah, to like beauty it. pageants? <laughs> <laughs> Having invited speakers, you know, on, on a very big platform that's very, very publicized and yeah. yeah. No, I actually, I actually oh, um, oh. remember PUC did that for uh, the late great Mafa. I think they they invited him for a book review or something like that, and I I've actually watched that speech on uh, YouTube as well. I think having those invited lectures from eminent people and you know eminent thinkers, I think that could be an avenue that could be explored. You know mm-hmm. that we could actually start. So you know It'll it be might nice, happen right? because you take it up. You yeah, got the power now. <laughs> <laughs> take it up. Okay, I wanna. Yeah, I really see. wanna touch on something uh, because you know I know that we have plenty of mm-hmm. stuff to talk about. Um, on any given topic, but I want to go back to one question that I forgot to ask you when we spoke about uh, discussing atheism in our society. Um, a question that I yeah, wanted sure. to um, get your opinion on is, um, do you think people of other faith, other faiths or no faith, meaning atheists, have um, room in our society? Do, they, do you think they have a seat at our table in the Mizzou society? I think they do, but um, I, I think they do, yeah. I'm yeah, just going to yeah. add something to the question so that you can answer it, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, clearly yeah, sure. as well. I, I forgot to mention yeah. that. Um, so this question uh, is in co- context with Mizos. Okay, not I'm not talking about um, other communities. I'm talking about if a Mizo, let's say, is of a different religion or no religion, do you think we, the majority mainstream Mizo, would accept them into our society as our own? Or would we kind of like shun them away? Mm. Yeah, I think that is a very, yeah, I think very important question. I think that we need to ask. I, I mean, personally, I can't um, actually speak for other people, but I guess mm-hmm. from what I observe, I think we are a little reluctant to see people 
in a different way. You know, like because mm. when we think Mizo, we think Christian, we think right. You know, we have all these preconceived notions of what the Mizo should be. Identity, and, right? Um, yeah, yeah, identity is there, and you know, a, a member of the church, member of the YMA, and all that. Mm-hmm. And if someone is actually not that, I think maybe we're a little hesitant to, you know, give them a bigger place in society. Right. Because, I'm, I'm um, thinking about uh, Zion or Paul. Um, mm-hmm. I think they were not really Christians, right? I, they were all, their own little cult yep. in their own little village. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, I'm, I actually don't know what their beliefs mm-hmm. are, but exactly. <laughs> it's actually an offshoot. I guess it's an offshoot of Christianity. I'm not sure, but they're quite, and, I think they've, they were thriving quite well in Bangkok, I believe. Um, yeah. So take that into uh, the, the larger society of Mizoram. I think we, the we do see Jews, them though. in a slightly different light. Yeah, we do. Definitely. I think oh. it's uh, one thing is we, we're all so segmented, you know. Mm-hmm. And again, we, we, we can't actually um, rule out the, what church we belong to because that is such a big part of being Mizo, you know. Yeah. And let's say, for example, let's say so, uh, we have this larger group of people who belong to one church and another group of people from a smaller church. And we're actually so differentiated because church uh, activities and uh, church programs they're so dominant in our lives, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, even the YMA but, is so dominant and that's like, it's not even a secular yeah. NGO, so... Yeah, yeah. No, the, the YMA is actually more uh, all-encompassing because all these uh, people from these different churches, they are members and they're active parts of the YMA. Mm-hmm. Well, what I'm saying is that because the church is so active, there's so many activities so you actually yeah. have no other time to actually go and uh, socialize with people from other churches. Your schedule other, is full. Yeah, from, yeah, from other, yeah, your schedule is full. I think if we had more time to interact with them, you know, and not just see them as them and us as us. Yeah. yeah. And I wish, and, and coming back to, you know, coming back to the universities and colleges, you know, I wish, um, and I hope like when these discussions and debates and arguments, um, come up right i hope it creates um openness for a pluralistic society where uh in Mm -hmm. particularly in mizoram right for in the mizo society where there's room for different thoughts and different groups as well um it'll be really nice and it'll be interesting to even see that as our society evolves because we are a young society i i I hope we're going towards that trend because you know we need to be more open to new ideas because we can't actually keep using the same ideas and the same methods on and on we cannot do that because the world is changing the new generations they're changing that they have new ideas and new ways of thinking you know because we actually need to not change and adapt because Mm -hmm. you know any culture that thrives is a culture that can adapt well to changes absolutely i think we've We've done okay so far. Mm-hmm. I think the next few years will this will really tell if we are open to change and whether we'll thrive and whether we'll continue to um, continue on as a as a society and as a culture. Our society it's kind of difficult to understand sometimes. I say I was going to say as a sociologist, but you know, 
<laughs> as someone who is as a student of sociology. <laughs> yeah, you are a sociologist, I guess. <laughs> I mean, everyone is as a student of sociology. Yeah, our society is so difficult to understand sometimes because, on one hand, we don't really welcome secularism in all these pluralistic、mm. traits that other societies have. But on the other hand,、uh, if you look at people, if you look at a smaller group of people. You will see that they're actually very secular. They're very welcoming. It's that. It's just that when the that group becomes bigger and bigger,、uh, there tends to be, you know, some sort of、um, resistance. Yeah, you become more rigid. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I think? I think it's, you know, how Mizos we are a very collectivistic society. If you're not part of the big group, the larger group, I mean, you're actually seen as a member of an out group. We tend to have, you know, each individual. We tend to have two types of opinions. One is the public opinion. One is、mm-hmm. the personal opinion. You know, and I think that is why. You know, I believe that most people, if you talk to them privately, if you talk to them individually as a, on a one-to-one basis, I think we are quite、um, accepting and open. But then,、right. when you take things to the group group level, you know, when you take things to the group level to the committee level. I think saying that at, at the committee level, I think、You're、it's、right. fine. We're hesitant to go against the majority of opinions, and and then you have all these people who are quite vocal at the group level. And the more vocal you are, the strong and the more charismatic—not just vocal, but the more charismatic you are. And if you're able to express your opinion in a very very、um, charismatic way and convince、mm-hmm. people, then your opinion、uh, is accepted and everybody agrees with you at the group level. Right,、so, I think that's a very important、yeah. observation. That actually points back to what I said in the beginning of、uh, the, the the podcast. We should express our opinions. That is why you know you should not cancel. <laughs> They should speak their opinion as much as those people have the freedom to speak their opinion. We also have the freedom to not、uh, entertain those opinions as well. So you know it works out. Actually, it works out in the end. I'm just dragging this particular topic again, but there are so many things that I'm, I, you know, that comes to my mind when we speak about this particular cancel culture and speech, free speech. Because I was thinking about all these、um, troll accounts, <laughs> they call quote unquote、oh, yeah. troll accounts. People don't, I don't think they consider themselves trolls. I'm just gonna call them anonymous meme accounts. <laughs> I find it weird、yeah. that respectable. Whom I thought decent people actually follow those, you know. So I think most of these people are actually interested in the entertainment value at first, you know. And then, like, that's actually how these pages start, you know, as an entertainment group and something that's funny and witty that'll、mm-hmm. get the people coming. And once they get a certain number of followers, I guess, then they start expressing their、uh, opinions. Which I wish, and there's so many great things that they、um, they talk about, they point out in our societies,、yeah. our flaws, our our wins, you know, so many great things, good things,、yeah. important things that they are pointing out, and I applaud them for that. But I just wish that they do not remain anonymous. You know, that kind of defeats the whole purpose.、Yeah. That's what I want. You know, I want speech to be.、Um, Free in our society, but at the same time,、oh, I、yeah. want the people whom we're receiving those speeches to to be visible.、Well. Exactly. Yeah, that's what、It、I want. Transparent. I want. I wonder if this has some some relation to the anonymous writers that we have. You know, maybe 
they're they're thinking it's something similar to that. Well, I mean, and, at least uh, the p- people with the pen names, pen name writers, like at least we know who they are, their identity, you know, like someone's mom, someone's dad, and all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. But at least we know their face. We can put a face to the mm-hmm. the words. I believe it'll actually make their arguments stronger if people know who they are, mm-hmm. and right? once people know who you are, you have to defend yourself. You have to defend your opinion. You have to defend your thoughts. Right. You know. Not just using as a troll and hiding behind an account. If they could do that, I believe most of them will be less trolly, <laughs> trolly, less <Yeah>. trolly, <laughs> and uh, more, more of I guess people who give out novel thinking. Right, that, and that's what I, I mean. If they are going to be part of intellectual discussion, which they want to be part of, mm-hmm. I think it's intellectually dishonest to hide behind an account and not. You know, yeah, reveal I know, who you I are. I think it's really dishonest, and that kind of defeats the credibility of their content and what their opinions are, regardless of it being yeah. really nice or you know true or not. It mm. just just doesn't seem to be credible. Last yeah. topic. This is a fun topic. Let's talk about the Olympics, the upcoming Olympics. And there's this okay. huge news overseas in the U.S. where um, a lady, two ladies. We're, we're going to talk about the first incident. It was Olympian Gwen Berry protested the American flag during the Olympic trials um, where Mm -hmm. she kind of just faced the other way during the Mm -hmm. national anthem was being played. Your thoughts? I think she, she is a, I think she's a hammer throw, right? And she took the third place. Yeah. And the ladies who took the first and second place, actually they, they put their hand over their, their hearts, hearts and then they yeah they, they turned towards the flag national flag and then the person who's the in the third position actually she came out with the controversy so i've actually listened to discussions about this today you know and mm. they were actually going so far as to say that uh, she was bitter about being the third and then she wanted to get the attention to herself and now everything is about her <laughs> And nobody knows the women who are in the first and second position. I don't. I wouldn't go so far as to say that. But yeah, um, I think that yeah, protesting. I think we that is a constitutional right, you know. But when and where you protest, I think that is. We also need to know when and where to protest because this lady, this uh, Winberry lady, uh, she is representing her country. Mm-hmm. And if you are representing your country. And you are showing disrespect. Maybe not. Maybe some people don't see it as disrespect, but I personally see it as disrespecting her country. You I shouldn't do too. that if you're representing your country. Say, for example, you have uh, soldiers fighting for a country, right? And these people have to fight tooth and nail for the country. But if those soldiers who are supposed to be defending and fighting for the honor of the country, if they started protesting the very country that they're fighting for, then what would be the use of that? You know, It's really funny. You know, it's really funny uh, to me, these um, anthem pro- protests in the United States, because if mm-hmm. uh, you look at India, right, um, our national anthem does not even have 
it does not even talk about the northeast like mizoram especially mizoram there's yeah. no mention of us <laughs> yeah. yet uh, when it's being played in the theater before movies which i i was like why are we even playing the national anthem in the theater before a movie before watching 50 shades of <laughs> yeah. gray why am i mm. no but when they when <laughs> yeah. they played in the theater <laughs> and i i stand up Trust me, I stand when I stand up, I get goosebumps from the national anthem. I feel very patriotic about it and the freedom that our country um with all its weaknesses and strengths, the freedom yes. that our country yes. gives us, right? I I I'm, I'm reminded of those regardless of the fact that my origin, my identity is not being mentioned specifically like other places are in our anthem. I think it's also a little bit of privilege to think that you can actually privilege represent mm-hmm. Represent your country and actually protest it at the same time because <laughs> I would actually think those two would be in in contrast with each other. You know, it doesn't make sense. It's an oxymoron, walking oxymoron. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's an oxymoron, <laughs> definitely. What about Shakari Richardson again from the U.S. Because we love talking about the U.S. Uh, who was um, yeah, yeah. who tested positive, I think, for marijuana consumption in the Olympic trials again, and she's a sprinter. What do you think about weed? See, uh, I believe that if athletes are to perform to the best of their ability, they, should, they shouldn't have any substance in their system while they're performing. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure, but I think athletes who are in training, they are to you know a limit or maybe even to be uh, actually off alcohol as well but I, I think, think when so. they're off season I think they would be allowed to you know go to bars and drink and all of that so uh, people say it relaxes you and even in, in some and that's the thing like it's not a performance mm-hmm. enhancement drug so I think it's gonna probably make her feel sleepy if she was, <laughs> if she was smoking yeah, before yeah. she ran. But she no, might, like I, I think she smoked like a... six months prior, or three months prior, or something, and that was still okay. in her bloodstream. Um, I think the question would be: Is it interfering with her performance right now? I think mm-hmm. that is the most important question. If not, then you know, like, do they drink coffee? I don't know. Like, do athletes drink coffee? Because even <laughs> caffeine affects people. You know. Yeah, and oh, sure caffeine does. would be in this, but if it doesn't uh, interfere with their performance, then I don't think it should be that harsh, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you're not uh, a sports person. I'm not right? in the. I'm not a sports <laughs> person, so I don't know. But I think the main criteria should be: is it interfering with their training and their performance? And I think right. that should be the question. My opinion, my two cents on this is that you know, marijuana and many other drugs, I think are banned, um, are not really allowed by the Olympics, by the International Olympics. So purely because of that, she's at fault, you know. However, personally, my opinion on marijuana and weed is that I don't think it should be banned like, you know, we are doing right now because there's so many states in the U.S. who are actually not banning marijuana. They are legalizing Mm -hmm. it shortly. Canada has also done it. So yeah, uh, personally, I feel that she should have, um, you know, she should have abided by the rules and regulations, and she yeah. didn't. So uh, the yeah, the bigger question in my mind actually is, marijuana can be in your system after six months. Like, but remember, I used to work that is um, the bigger in, in the corporate field, me. right? Like, there's this uh, mm. department, a specific departments in 
companies would require um, employees to go through drug tests before um, they go to the floor for production. I'm sure you know about this as well. So um, we usually say it's six months prior or three months prior, something like that. Uh, if you smoke smoke weed or I think other drugs as well, which I'm not even, I don't even know. So I think six months or three months, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not really sure about it. I have no idea. All I, all I can remember right now is that two of my trainees, female trainees, I'm not sure if I've told you this, exchanged urine samples in the restroom because of the drug okay. test. And I found out okay. about it. <laughs> well, so it's crazy. Great links too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have fun, you know. <laughs> so I don't know if it's marijuana. I don't know what it is, but they, they exchanged urine samples and I found out uh, it got reported and I had to uh, literally physically stand in the middle of these two girls who were pointing each, uh, pointing hands at each other about their urine samples. So that's all that I'm thinking okay. of right now. <laughs> Imagine being fired over urine. Oh yeah. No, uh, people actually get <laughs> fired, not because of urine, but you know, because of, <laughs> because of what they found in those samples and yep there are a lot of people who actually who actually got fired and it's really sad for things that they done if it's early yeah i think i think yeah i think the bottom line is if it's the rules then you know you should abide by them yeah and it's tough luck if they didn't know that it was a rule no if you're going to be an athlete if you're going to work for a company or be an athlete in a particular sports it is their duty i think one of the most important duties actually to know what the rules are you know what the requirements what are the criteria yeah, you're coming in unprepared like that is unprofessional right mm. off the bat true and on that note on that batty note i am yeah. um, gonna end the podcast it was really nice talking to you we uprooted so many things we brought so many <laughs> things to the light and it's really great it's always nice to talk to you yeah, any, any last any yeah. last notes any last thoughts that you want to share to the listeners let's be open to things give people the right to express themselves and let's be more open to hearing other points of view like I'm, that is not saying that you are going to accept those points of view but if you listen to other people's points of view then maybe you'll understand where they're coming from you know and I think that has been the the theme of our talk tonight, you know, like true. That has been in every and every of our topics tonight. Open your ears. You have two years. You have one mouth. So right. Use your two years more. <laughs> Nicely put. All right. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in. Please do join us again in the next episode where we talk about the recent refugee surge in Mizoram and how our society is handling that with the pandemic still going strong. I'll talk to you soon. 